Hello, I'm Len, and I'm one of the pastors here at Mariner's Church, and I am so glad that you are with us today. At the time of this recording, we are passing the year mark of the pandemic and everything shutting down. And I know this has been a difficult year for everyone, and for some it's even been tragic. But I would like to highlight some of the life that has continued to emerge, the beauty that has still continued to happen in the life of our church this past year. On the personal side, at least three couples got married this year, and I believe four babies have been born and one or two more on the way shortly. As a church, we developed an online ability and we never missed a single weekend service. Every single day this past year, we have posted something to our YouTube channel, whether it's our weekend service or daily check-ins from our pastors. Over this year, there were many who became Christ followers, including some teenagers. And in the last few weeks, four people were baptized. The life of the church has changed during this time. Of course it has. But it has not stopped, and it has not been harmed. You, God's people, have been faithful. Our God has been faithful. Let's pray and give him the honor and gratefulness that he deserves. God, thank you so much that this past year, while it may have been very challenging on so many levels, you were so very present in our individual lives, in our church family, and in our world. God, I pray that more and more people will take this opportunity to connect with you, and I thank you that you have given us as a church the opportunity to continue to connect with each other and to reach out to our world. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever done one of those jobs or tasks um, that just kind of disgusted you? A number of years ago, there was a show hosted by Mike Rao uh, called Dirty Jobs, where he highlighted some of the jobs that get done that most of us would just never want to do. Growing up, I sort of had one of those jobs. Not as extreme as the TV show, but still not my preferred job. My grandparents owned their own industrial-type company that treated metal parts to make them ready for use in building bridges or trucks or so many other applications. There were furnaces and sandblasters and cranes and oil and chemicals and a few very strong and very dirty men who operated it all. This was the deepest blue of a blue-collar job. And I felt very lucky to get summer jobs through high school and college. And even though I was the owner's grandson, I was definitely the grunt. I did all the odd and undesirable jobs including cleaning the locker room and the bathrooms. It seemed to me that they had never been cleaned in all the years before I was hired. But all summer long, I stripped away years of grime and filth 
and made that toilet pandemic level clean. Not once did I begrudge my job or feel because of who I was, I was better than that job. Now, I don't share that to say, oh, look at me, how good I was, but instead to say that sometimes in life, we have to do some things that we really don't like. Things that are dirty and disgusting. And I have at times felt that some of those tasks, while they may not necessarily be beneath me, they really weren't part of my job description, and so I didn't have to do them. Right? You ever feel that way? Perhaps you've had moments like that as well. Well, today we're starting to look at the final days of Jesus' life as we approach Easter. And I'm going to uh, look at one of the most profound moments that Jesus spent with his disciples. Days before his crucifixion, he had a dinner with them that's become known as the Last Supper. And I want for us to take a few moments and consider what Jesus did as that meal began. Jesus did one of those dirty jobs when he washed a lot of dirty feet. And it seems that many, if not most, people have kind of a disgust about feet, right? They don't like the look of toes or the smell that might develop, calluses or bunions or even toenail fungus. Feet generally aren't considered the loveliest part of the human body, right? In biblical times, they didn't have shoes which kept their feet covered. They wore sandals, which means everyone had very dirty and gnarly feet. But people still wanted to keep their homes clean, and so customs developed to make sure dirt wasn't tracked inside. And many of you have, have that same sort of custom to take off your shoes before entering the house for the, for the same reasons. But back then, a house servant or a slave would be assigned the job to wash the feet of guests as they came over to visit. It was never done by the host or the, even a family member. It was always done by a slave role. The job was considered too dirty for anyone but a slave. The night of the Last Supper, the disciples and Jesus met for a meal, and it seems nobody was, was there to wash the feet. So as many of you already know, Jesus did. And I want us to look at this scene and to draw some insights for us today. The most obvious example is the humility and servant-leader character of Jesus. That lesson gets shared all the time, and I'll, I'll look at that as well, because it's so true and it's so valuable. But there are some other incredible applications for our lives that I want us to consider as well. John was one of the disciples, and he gave us an account of this moment in his book that we call the Gospel of John. So let's take a look. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, 
and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. We already see a whole lot of this story set up. Jesus knew his death was imminent. He had loved his time with the disciples, and Judas had already made the decision to betray Jesus. And then John tells us, Jesus knew he had authority. He knew who he was and what he came to do. So he got up and he washed their feet. I love this. Confidence and humility meet in Jesus. The contrast of one with authority and purpose, getting up to do the work of a slave. This is why the most notable lesson of Jesus being a humble king and servant leader are drawn from this story. Some people rise to positions of authority and power, but they exude a level of insecurity or pride and take great effort to make sure that they don't lose what they have or they want to make sure you know that it's not their job to do anything other than what they want to do. But Jesus was very different. He knew he came to serve and wanted to make sure the last time he was with his disciples that they didn't miss this incredible example. He was, it was one he knew that would shake them up and be memorable. Jesus knew who he was, so he got up. We also see here that Jesus comes to us in our dirt and filth. All of the action here, all the initiative is being done by Jesus. He got up. He disrobed. He wrapped a towel. He poured water. He washed their feet. He is the one, dirty feet, calloused feet, tired and sore feet, Jesus comes and washes and dries. It begins to set the scene for the crucifixion, doesn't it? And what's going to be accomplished as he becomes the sacrifice to make available the forgiveness and salvation for all who will believe. There is nothing that you or I need to do to prepare. We don't need to get cleaned up, get our act together before we come to meet God. He comes to us at our lowest moment and in our dirtiest situations, and He cleanses us. Paul writes in the book of Romans, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Additionally, there's kind of an intimacy here. To have your leader, your teacher, a mentor, kneel down and wash your feet. Well, that's jarring and that's humbling, but it's also intimate. Just imagine as he goes by, each of the disciples, one by one, 
knowing that this is his last time with them. I can imagine that he's remembering those moments he shared with them, the joys and the struggles and those humorous times when they were all kidding around together, knowing the dreams that he has for, for each of them after he goes away. And then he says, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And if you've read the four books that share the life of Jesus, you'll come to realize that Peter's kind of a standout character. Reactive and brash, often talks before he thinks. He's all or nothing. And so in true form, he can't imagine Jesus washing his feet, and he resists. But as Jesus tells him, unless I wash your feet, you won't belong to me. Well, again, all or nothing Peter says, well, then don't stop with my feet. Wash my hands. Wash my head. Because washing our feet creates belonging. Of course, not literally having our feet cleaned creates this. But the point Jesus is making is that in a few days, he's going to go to the cross to die for all mankind. And that sacrificial act is going to accomplish the washing of each of our sins. We are going to be made right with God and become part of God's family. The act of washing opens the door to belonging. And unless we let Jesus wash us, we cannot belong to him. We've already seen that he is the one who initiates all of this. He comes to us and he offers to forgive us and set us free. Our condition, our dirtiness doesn't turn him away. But we do have to let him wash us. It is intimate and emotional and humbling, but it is also liberating. It goes on, Jesus replied, A person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. And that's what is meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. And that shows us that Jesus doesn't withhold from those who reject him. One by one, Jesus goes down the line of disciples, and he does the same thing. Takes their feet, places it in the basin, pours some water over it, rubs the dirt off, takes the towel, and dries. Lather, rinse, repeat. John the Beloved, Peter the Rock. We can imagine perhaps it was easy to wash the feet of the guys you love and those who love you back. Lather, rinse, repeat. Again, Romans says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Have you ever found yourself saying, 
I'm not going to go out of my way for that person. Maybe for the kind one or the one who does something for you, but that person who's difficult or rude or in our mind undeserving, well, no, just no. But Jesus, in his foot washing, gave us a picture of the crucifixion again. It was done for everyone, even those who would reject it, even those who mock God and Christians. He knew Judas was going to betray him and set in motion the accusations, the beatings, and the death to come. But Jesus washed his feet as well. It goes on to say, after washing their feet, he put his robe on again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you want to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Those who belong do the same. Let me say that again. Those who belong do the same. There is part of Jesus' teaching in another uh, portion of the New Testament that we call the Great Commission, where he tells his followers to go out and make other followers, teaching them and baptizing them. This part of the foot washing story is kind of a commission of its own. He has washed our feet, and we are to wash others. Not just those who like us, but those who might harm us as well. And of course, this is not about actual foot washing, but about humbly serving one another. And this may look like any number of things. You put out your neighbor's trash can after it's been emptied. You bring it back in, or you offer to drive a neighbor to a doctor, or you serve in a ministry, you call someone that you haven't seen in a while, or you pray for each other, you, you cook a meal for someone. You write a note of encouragement or sit with someone who's in distress or grieving. You do life with each other. You serve as Jesus served. You love as Jesus loved. This year of pandemic has taught us all to with, withdraw and isolate from each other. While physical distancing may be the behavior to keep the virus down, that doesn't mean we should stop serving one another. And so as we wrap up at this time, I want, want to highlight a beautiful transformation from dirty feet to beautiful feet. In this story, Jesus says we are his messengers to go out and do the same, which as I already said, reminds us of that great commission to go and share his teachings, to make followers. The sacrificial love of Jesus in washing the disciples' feet and illustrating what was to come at the crucifixion is called good news or the gospel. And we are all sent by Jesus to go and share the good news. 
Paul writes again in the letter to the Romans, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. When Jesus washes our dirty feet, he sends us out with beautiful feet. Go serve and share. Jesus knew he had authority, so he got up. And he has given you and I, each of us, authority in his name to go as well. We know who we are. We are God's sent ones with good news. So let's get up and humbly serve others. Confidently share that good news and make followers. Let's take a moment and pray about that. Oh, Father God, thank you so much that you sent your Son to die for us, not when we were ready for it, not when we were all cleaned up and good to go. No, you sent your Son to die for us when we were sinners at our dirtiest place, desperate and broken and in need of a Savior. Thank you for your great love for us. And God, I pray that as we understand that you have washed our feet, you have cleansed us, as the Bible says, from all unrighteousness. God, I pray that you would help us in humility and love, the same humility and love that you shared when you knelt down to wash your disciples' feet. That God, you would help us to take that same humility and that same love and serve others around us to recognize that we have been saved and cleansed and your love has brought us to a place where we are now sent. Help us to go in your name and share the good news, both in word by teaching and making disciples and baptizing, but also in service, humbly kneeling down and washing feet and helping those who are at a low place in their life. Thank you so much for that. Now, God, I know that many of us will wrestle with this in our hearts and in our actions and try to figure out what that looks like. I just know we will because we just do. So, Holy Spirit, help us to yield to you, to follow your promptings, to learn to hear your voice, to step out into the discomfort that we will surely find ourselves in and still walk confidently and humbly in your name. Amen.